I'm Byron Fayette. It is the weekend of 6 to 8 August 2021, and as I read news of a tequila shortage, which will have little effect on the margarita verse populace in my neck of the swamp, I note that on the days in history comprising this weekend, 1934, a court of appeals effectively strikes down a ban on the novel Ulysses by James Joyce, said to be controversial because it mentioned and and could lead could lead young folk to masturbation an act that most boys have been able to discover themselves on their own without any help from British literature. 1986 Timothy Dalton became the fourth James Bond think he is an obscure name ever heard of the first James Bond Barry Nelson 1998, Monica Lewinsky testified about her relationship with former President Clinton for eight and a half hours, an unusually long time for either Lewinsky or Clinton to remain clothed. 1945, the end of World War II, kind of like that cousin who shows up with his truck just when you've finished with all of your moving to a new house, well, the Soviet Union at the end of World War II, finally declared war on Japan. And a bad day in the history of communism when the U.S. and the second greatest republic on earth, that being South Korea, reach a permanent security agreement. On the way, more notable days in the continuing march of communism. I mean on the way after the commercial, but there could be an unfortunate Double meaning there. Now, here in the Arkvitex, it was not too many years ago the whole notion of communism became a joke. My retired Marine cousin Ralph would often head out the door saying he was off to fight the communists, his real destination being bingo and nickel beer night of the VFW. I would joke along since I had myself joined the military during the Cold War only to have the Russians show the white flag before the main event could ever take place. Ralph and I forgot that real people had in fact fought real communists. It was around this day in 1960 the Cuban Catholic Church criticized the communist government for their takeover there. They were quickly silenced by Castro's regime. That, around the same time Castro was yanking private business from rightful owners, a la Elizabeth Warren, and putting those factories and farms into disastrous collectives that couldn't feed and clothe Cuba, wouldn't feed Cuba, and really didn't care if they fed Cuba or not. Ralph and I had forgotten that real people lost their businesses along with their right to worship freely. Now, my first summer out of real journalism, Ralph and I, Joined together, we took jobs at a marina that doubled as a beer joint. One afternoon, an elderly couple showed up. They took a table in the shade of that rocking dock and asked for a six-pack of Corona. Now, Ralph, not a respecter of much, but he's a respecter and lover of his elders. He went above and beyond, bringing them that beer they ordered and a bucket of ice to keep it chilled. A couple invited us to their table. They were from Cuba. The man and wife had lost much to the communists in Cuba, but they'd built a new life in America. 
They spoke of the heat and humidity of our region, said wistfully it reminded them of balmy Havana, and said that they only ran the A.C. in their new American home when the grandkids visited. The husband surprised me when he said he'd fought for both the revolution and later against the revolution, that being during JFK's impotent and abortive counter-coup at the Bay of Pigs, but he did explain. When he fought early during El Revolucion, he was among many patriots fighting against the injustice of a dictatorship in the hopes that Cuba could be a true republic. When Liberacion was at hand, and the fighting, all but over the communists, backed by Russia, stole that revolution from the people and established a new dictatorship. If he and his beautiful wife are still alive and healthy, they must be watching the current news of Cubans again hitting the streets, demanding freedom, even as the rest of the world is watching the Olympics, where China, which is currently propping up communist Cuba, leads the gold medal count. There was another great day for communism on this weekend, August 8, 1974. Richard Nixon, the man who most clearly saw the red threat, was forced out of office to the applause and smiles of young American socialists. Now, there are many of those once young socialists left, still smiling their squinty smiles, still clapping now wrinkled hands that never held a tool but held many a protest sign, still smiling and clapping as they watch the current battles against injustice in this country. The old Cuban veteran and his wife, they would know the true nature of those battles, and they have little to do with correcting injustice. The old Cuban veteran and his wife know, through hard lessons, who stands to win in the end. I'm Byron Fayette, reminding you to drink at home. It's cheaper, it's safer, and you might try a rum and coke, a Cuba Libre, in the hopes Cuba can again be free of oppression for both Cuban and Chinese communists who are no longer a laughing matter.